Brew Strong is brought to you by Blickman Engineering, home of the Riptide. Visit them online at BlickmanEngineering.com. Brew Strong is brought to you by Blickman Engineering, home of the top-tier brewing stand. Visit them online at BlickmanEngineering.com. for the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think, Jamil Zainashev and John Palmer. This is Brew Strong. Hey, howdy. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. Greetings, cretins. Uh, it's good uh, to be back. It is. It's been. Uh, it seems like months. Yeah, quite a quite a couple of months actually. I think. Uh, right. Was um. There's like uh, near death experiences. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Outbreaks of uh, some bird flu. Yes. Uh, Travel to distant countries distant to countries. rescue regime, regimes and so on. And right. Regime, regime rescuing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was brewing that happened, I'm, yeah. I'm told. Yeah, finally. <laughs> <laughs> Took a while. But I, I made it work. Made yeah. it work. Yeah. It's a pretty cool setup, actually. You 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 use the, uh, the Blickman uh, Brew Easy? Yes, the Brew Easy. Yes. I had to... Um, he so he set me up with the um, two forty volt, uh-huh. right? Okay. With the, with the tower power or anything, but right, right. fortunately I live in San Francisco, so I don't have a washer or dryer outlet. Oh, <laughs> so um, I ended up buying the Hellfire burner. Oh, okay. Uh, and I bought some fire brick. Okay, yeah. And, and you put I that on put the, it on the my roof. Floor in the <laughs> you <know> what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wood floor. No, put it on my roof so I don't melt the roof. But um. It works pretty well. Yeah, I just set up Firebrick and uh-huh. put the Hellfire on top of that, and uh-huh. did it that way. Use the uh, and then if you have like a big wort spill, it just comes like right through and starts dripping in. It's the fine. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's great. <laughs> I mean, oh come on, the roof's rated for hurricanes. And yeah, yeah. Firebrick. It's supposed to get yeah. It's supposed to get moist anyway. So Firebrick and uh, two hundred pounds of liquid and uh, yeah, metal. It's and, fine. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. It's perfect. It's fine. So this the spear, it's, it's fermenting, is it? Or? Right now, yeah. I got uh-huh. a short spear. Yeah. Uh-huh. A yeah. short a short spear, is that what you said? It, uh, no. <laughs> that's what that's what I was hired. Short spear? Must be the yeah. Headphones. <clears throat> I um I've got two different names for it depending on how it <laughs> how it turns out. <laughs> how it turns out, yeah. I thought, well, if it's Crappy really good or I can, just okay. I, exactly. Yeah, I can I can call What's it good Schwartzmanship. Okay. Or it's shit angle, poor Schwartzmanship. <laughs> it's a sliding scale, of course. Yeah. I'm sure it'll be good. I mean, after all, you brewed it on a brew easy. Yeah, yeah. I have to uh, fuck up pretty bad. <laughs> Which, who knows? So you, the, the, the opportunity The fermenter you just have sitting out on the roof then? Yeah. Yes, open. Yeah. Right? You're right. supposed to just yeah, open yeah. ferment. Let the, let the birds help it ferment. <laughs> yes. Yes, Carl the Fog. <laughs> yes. There you go. Well, all right. So, uh, did you have any uh, surprises or uh, uh, joyous experiences while you were uh, brewing your shorts? 
Yeah, um, I found out that I had two. Um, <laughs> what, Bevo? What was that? I said chlamydia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There was an infection. No, uh, not yet. Um, I'm pretty sure it's really oxygenated because um, I kind of ran out, ran out of tubing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you ever just run out of tubing length? <laughs> <laughs> Don't have enough length? Yeah. Because essentially I have to open up my skylight and I just, <laughs> yeah, I have to open up my skylight and run a length of tubing from the bottom of um, the brew easy mm-hmm. and open the valve up mm-hmm. and then go into just, just to, gravity, to feed it into into my <laughs> fermenter. But Another 10 was, foot drop. It was only me who was brewing at the time. Uh-huh. And so I barely had, it just wasn't enough. Right. It wasn't enough. So I ran down, I ran down the stairs, downstairs, this ladder to get to the roof Uh and it was just sprayed all over the floor. (laughs) So yeah, yeah. You mopped it back up and rang it. Just rung it back. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I got most of it in there. Yeah, and then and then uh, how are you fermenting it? What yeast did you use? Did you um, uh, make a Saffliger. Uh huh. Um, what was it? Thirty-seven. Uh huh. Thirty-four seventy. Thirty-four seventy. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Uh huh. Because apparently that one you can actually like, it's okay to kind of ferment at like little higher temperatures than yeah, normal. Yeah, it, it's so. And it'll kind of deal with that. Well, because I mean, I don't what, have what temperature. Are you? So I don't have temperature control. Like, oh, as, as have you listened to the show at oh all? Oh my god, <laughs> I'm doing. I'm I'm dealing with the uh-huh. best possible situations I have. You probably want to make an ale at this point. <laughs> what, what? How? What temperature is it for many? At you just leaving it in your your uh, your house there? Yeah. Seventy-five. Not that high. Okay. No, like sixty-eight. Sixty-eight. is like <laughs> could be better. Could be better. Could be better. Yes, but that's why I use that yeast. I. That's all. It's I mean, not, what, what else would I get? Well, I, I, I got to deal with what I'm given. So that's what I'm doing. You, I'm giving, doing, and I'm giving, figuring it out, and I'm figuring quali- it out. You got access to quality <laughs> advice. I, I would I would advise you to stick to ales until you get temperature control. I just really wanted to make a short spear. It'll taste like shorts, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> the problem short is spear. that it's way too high a temperature. I, I, yeah. I, I know that there's this this uh, somehow uh, dream and internet uh, information that's going to tell you that you can do this, and because this magical dry yeast is going to do something for you, but... It's just that's a load of crap. I'm here to tell you, this lager yeast, warm lager yeast, is not gonna, not gonna do it. Yeah, probably not. But keep but trying. We'll see. Keep, keep plugging. <laughs> that's along. the point. That's the point. That's yeah. the point. Exactly. It's the just, first beer. Yeah. There's always the second. No, he brewed one. Didn't you? This is actually the second a, beer. Yeah, yeah. Okay. A, a There's stout. always the third. I brewed a stout. That actually stout. it was it was fine. It was just also <laughs> very oxygenated. Uh-huh. Just oxidized, car, car, or? Ox, oxidized. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Okay, ox- oxidized. Yeah. Um, yeah but otherwise, just, everything uh, turned out yeah. pretty good. And just yeah. tastes a little like cardboard. Yeah, get yourself. It's not infected. So that's cool. Temperature control. And, yeah, uh, that's that's your next. I don't know how. Most important I know, thing. I don't know if I have room. T- oh, tub of water. Get a keg tub and fill and the water, then. and put your fermenter in that. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. you can throw in you can throw in some ice blocks, you know, and that helps keep yeah. keep it down. Yeah, I mean that's the that's the real cheapo way. Yeah, the problem with that is you know you're you're over chilling to start, and then yeah, yeah and then it's honestly my that little room it stays. I mean, obviously in the middle of the fermenter, it's going to be a completely different temperature. It can swing pretty wildly because I just have one of the sticker little. Temperature. Oh, yeah. It's not one that actually goes into into the middle of the sticker one's not bad i mean yeah it, uh, that's fine yeah you don't need it, 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 it and and it's it is pretty constant temperature it doesn't temperature well, it that, doesn't change there yeah see the problem with non-active cooling is that it's cooling the the fermentation more as the yeast actually don't need cooling so as the yeast are starting to taper off on their work you're applying more cooling when they actually need the reverse. Mm. And that's why homebrew mm-hmm. tastes like homebrew a lot of times. Mm. It's not fully attenuated. Fully maturated. You've, you've, yeah, you've uh, stopped the yeast when they really needed to be active. Uh, you always want rising temperatures towards the end. Towards the end. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, well, well, all right. So... Uh, the generosity of our our fine sponsor, uh, Mr. John Blickman, yeah, in, knows provide, in providing yeah. you this uh, equipment, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. shows that he just has no common sense. <laughs> not not a great businessman, <laughs> but a generous soul. But generous a generous soul. man. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, shows um, what a waste that was. Well, I was just. I was, but we're getting a couple of minutes of entertainment and yeah. education out of it. So I, ju- I just spent yeah. uh, several days with John Blickman down in Mexico City oh, recently. Yeah. Yeah. You guys were getting uh, divorced. <laughs> no, no, or no, you were getting uh, disease yeah. treated. <laughs> no, or, we were down there for uh, Copa Cerveza. They're uh, the like ba- basically the Mexican Great American Beer Festival uh-huh. kind of thing. Um, yeah, good competition. Nine hundred entries. Um, craft brewers all over the country and uh we judged the beers the first half of the week in chihuahua um where they that was the um the Poor judging point are there lots of little dogs running around chihuahua i only saw one yes but he was a he was a feisty one yes um didn't want to didn't want to get onto the spit uh, but yeah anyway um, he struggled as you were yeah. skewering him yeah, yeah, yeah. the uh <laughs> <laughs> but we judged the beers there and then uh, flew yeah, down to Mexico. You're taking this urban foraging thing a little too far. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I went down to Mexico City then for the festival um, at the uh, their World Trade Center, Pepsi Center. Um, in um, Mexico City, it was my first time in Mexico City. Mm. And, you know, really interesting. Uh, roughly the size of L.A., mm-hmm. um, and you know, in terms of scope and everything, I guess uh, area-wise, it's maybe smaller, but uh, certainly more people than LA. Mm. But um, yeah, fascinating city um, and um, great festival. I mean, you know, um, we had trade show floor on the second floor of the convention center, and then down below, on the first floor is all the uh, the brewing stands. And uh, then um, you know, it lasted three days, like JBF and. Great beers, great people. You know, really a really fun time. All right, uh, love to hear more about it. Let's uh, let's do this. Uh, let me tell you about uh, 
if if you enjoy the fact that uh, Blickman is uh, such a poor judge of character that he gave uh, <laughs> Porno Steve a bruisey and that he is running around Chihuahua with uh, John Palmer, uh, I suggest, and then he pays for this show so you don't have to, I would suggest uh, sending him an email, a feedback at, at uh, BlickmanEngineering.com. Check out the website, all the great stuff. Check out the bruisey on the website there. It is a very cool yeah, that's uh, what I brew on as well. Piece of gear that makes uh, your your brewing day easier. It does. Thus the name. So check them out, uh, BlickmanEngineering.com. Let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll hear more of John's adventures. And we'll have a, uh, a show about uh, how to deal with troop in your, in your work and such. We'll be back right after this. Are you looking for a simple brewing system that's great for all grain brewing, but everything on the market seems to be full of compromises? Blickman Engineering has the answer. The Blickman Brew Easy All Grain Brewing System. The Brew Easy is a complete system with easy upgrades and a beautiful compact design, perfect for any size brewing location. At its core, the Brew Easy is built on two gorgeous Blickman Boilermaker brew kettles, a high temperature March pump, and either a top tier gas burner or the new boil coil electric heater. The Brew Easy adapter lid allows the pots to stack on top of each other, forming an efficient, strong, and compact brewing setup that comes in 5, 10, and 20-gallon batch sizes. Upgrade your BrewEasy system with full automated control by adding a Blickman Tower of Power temp controller and make moving around easy with the Blickman Kettle Cart. The BrewEasy is modular. If you already own a Boilermaker kettle, you can build your BrewEasy by purchasing just the modules you need. The new BrewEasy all-grain brewing system. See it today at BlickmanEngineering.com and brew with Blickman quality on your new BrewEasy. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. MoreBeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to MoreBeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, more beer social network of more than 5,000 members and some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz the forum the learning center and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest more beer catalog more beer bringing you absolutely everything for beer making since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Check out their brand new patent-pending mash and boil 110-volt electric mashing and boiling unit. This compact all-stainless unit lets you mash, sparge, and boil just about anywhere that has a 110-volt plug. Double-wall construction adds to efficiency and safety, and a precise thermostat keeps temperatures where you want them. Unlike insulated buckets and converted coolers, multiple temperature rest mashing is easy to do all for under 300 bucks they also feature the mark ii work pump a magnetic drive high temperature pump that does the work of pumps that cost twice as much as well as exclusive brewers edge regulators and quality keg king kegs and disconnects check them out today at williamsbrewing.com to bruise their vast selection do you 
you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five Star Treatment today. Back to the beer guys that make other beer guys look like wine guys. Brew strong. All right, we're back. On the break, we talk about... Uh, Thailand. Oh, adventures that we've had, diseases that we've had while traveling. Indeed. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, yes. Um, all I can say is, uh, yeah, I went, I went, uh, uh, I left October 25th from home. Wow. Didn't get back until uh, November 19th. Um, yeah, just a couple of days ago. Wow. Yeah, and uh, did uh, I went to Singapore. Oh, yep. which uh, I, I did the eyebrew challenge again. Oh, you did with awesome. uh, Raymond, and uh, uh, that was that was a blast. Of course, this time I'm there by myself to do the best of show. <laughs> no I'm one like, to argue with. No one else. You know, no one to just make sure I'm not. You know, lost my mind. And <laughs> so uh, there was one beer that really stood out for me. It was just extra delicious. And uh, I'm like, okay, there's your best of show winner. And then I ranked the rest of them, you know, and uh, or you know, I gave it the the, the top top th- the other two runners up or three right, runners right. up, and, silver uh, and bronze kind of thing. And then everyone's like, oh, really? That one won. That brewer won. Oh, wow. And I'm like, <laughs> there's something wrong. That was a, that was a, re- a really good beer. And uh, the guy who judged in the prelim- preliminaries, he goes, that was a really great beer. He's like, I'm so glad. Like he was the only one. He was yeah, like, everyone else is like, agree with it. Yeah, they didn't think the guy. They, they were like, wow, surprised that the guy won. The guy was super nice. He was so sh- so shocked that he won. He never oh, nice, thought nice. he would win. <laughs> yeah. So it's nice to see uh, some of the the hardworking brewers there, and uh, uh, the beers were. You know how beer the, good the beers were the the last time we were there. Oh yeah. yeah. Even better this time. I bet. Yeah. Uh, it's a fantastic festival. I would like to do something like that here in the U.S. Oh really. I was thinking I'll do it in the parking lot of the brewery, and it'll be all home brews, and uh, you know, just like they're doing it. That would be fun. I mean, I, I think it'd be great. well, we got. I mean, how is how would that dif- differ though from what the I mean the what the home brewing competitions we have all around? Right. No, uh, because of the way they do the festival, oh, where they've got booths set up for each of the uh, the brewers, right? Mm-hmm. And it's got their name, it's got their beer, and then oh, so they okay. have kind of like an initial kind of competition where. They taste all the beers and weed out the really bad ones. Okay, <laughs> and then uh, the ones that are at the festival are all good. And yeah. then these the, the brewers go and pour their beers at this festival, and people can uh, drink all day at the festival and try all these different beers. And then you know when when that uh, person's time is up, the you know the next 
keg goes on. And so it's hours of these different homebrews, okay. and it's just homebrews. You get to meet the brewer. You get to talk about the you know the recipe. You get to talk about the beer and. Um, you know, no commercial beers there. Well, they have a small thing with some commercial beers. They had our beer some there, and there some other beers. Yeah, yeah. and um, uh, I think it's really fantastic because you know we have some homebrew at some festivals here in California, but not the variety that they the have. variety yeah. and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You want to make you know they specifically set up the booth with the brewer. Nice, you know, yeah. and a sign yeah. that says what their name is, and you know they get a little notoriety, and you get to talk right. to the person. And um, I think it's really well done. I really like it, and uh, you know I think we should set something up like that. That'd be fun. Funds going yeah. to charity. You know. Oh yeah. Um, I think it'd be a blast. Or you know, and then maybe a little bit it goes to a cash prize for the winner of the fest. They right. do a, like a uh, best uh, uh, a public uh, popularity vote yep. on yep. whatever beer, and then there's also the little competition that goes along with it, and uh, they do a best of show for that too. Yeah. So I guess I was I was recently in Norway uh, about oh. a month ago, and uh, we did something like that in Christiansand, uh, which is a very uh, nice little town right on the coast. And um, but yeah, the local homebrew club all had brewed and uh, had a had a festival. Um, you know, uh, basically buy tokens to mm-hmm. get you know um, half glasses of the of the beer, and and people could vote on which one they they liked right. the best. Right. So it was kind of like a people's choice award. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, good festival. Right. I I gave my usual water talks and maturation mm-hmm. talks. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, a lovely place. After uh, Singapore, where I did Thailand, where yeah. homebrewing's illegal, and but you, uh, and actually, actually, <laughs> like commercial brewing's mostly illegal because you have to be of a certain size. Oh, really? So five what, foot eight. Uh, yes, exactly. And most of the people there don't quite. Um, and then, uh, so they're having their beers brewed in like Cambodia. It's one brewery, oh, right. and then they're all brought in. You know, and then. Um, hmm. Uh, South Korea. Yep. I went there for a while. Again, uh, wonderful country. Love, love South Korea. Um, it, it, it's just a, a fantastic place to visit. And the people there are just great. Um, and then uh, Japan, where, again, homebrewing is illegal. Uh, and I, I tell you, it's these places where homebrewing is illegal that really brings the homebrewers out of the woodwork when you show oh. up. You know? <laughs> it's just like, hey, yeah. Um, and you'll ask them, hey, do you brew? And they're like, Mm, brewing's illegal. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I understand. Yeah. In Japan, you can't brew over 1%. Uh, but, uh, yeah. But you can make work. Yes. Uh, and again, you know, just, I love Japan too. Uh, all those countries, you know, great people, yeah, uh, yeah. wonderful places to visit. If you ever get a chance, I highly suggest. And I tell you, the quality of beer going out there is even better and better. And um, went to, uh, uh, did a collab with my friends at Kyoto Brewing again. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, that was a blast. We tried the uh, Polyguile again. Oh, you did? And I'm not sure it worked this time or oh. not. <laughs> I'm still waiting on uh, final numbers. Uh, but, uh, I mean, it seemed like it worked, and then it seemed like it didn't. And uh, we had some challenges because they only have two vessels. Oh, okay. I'm like, uh-oh, I didn't really think this through. <laughs> <laughs> Because at our brewery, we got four vessels, so we're able to store the wort yeah. coming off as the strong wort and the weak wort. And okay. um, 
we're able to kind of separate it out that way and first charge it with the strong wort and then rinse it through with the weaker wort. Oh, okay. At uh, Kyoto, we had to store it all as one, and so we're using a weaker wort overall to initially do it. Okay. So I, I don't know if it really works or not, or I don't know hmm. what the hell's going on. Hmm. But I'm the going numbers to, should still add up. But. You would think. I'm going to uh, go to uh, a New Realm in Atlanta and Mitch's place. Oh, good. Yeah. And do a collab there in a couple of weeks. And we were talking about doing the polygyl, and now I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, and then uh, we did another one at Y Market, and uh, it's just a blast. It's just a blast. Uh, exhausting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But a lot of fun. Did the American craft beer experience in Tokyo, and oh, oh it's like a festival of uh, American craft beer. And, oh, okay, yeah, um, that was a blast as well. Um, Amazing. Oh, yeah, lots of travels. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where else did you go? Well, let's see. I did, like I said, I did uh, Norway about a month ago. Um, over the summer, I did um, quite a bit in the United States. I went to. New York City, um, the Bronx, Brooklyn, um, went to some great breweries there, had some great uh, New England IPAs and other hazy IPAs. Um, then after that, we I took a trip with Lamont, mm-hmm. and we went down to, um, to um, Louisiana and Mississippi, mm-hmm. went to, um, what was it, Shreveport, and then on down to, uh, gosh, what's the name of after Shreveport, went to, not New Orleans. We did go to New Orleans, but one before that escapes me. Um, Baton Rouge? Yes, that was it. Thank you. Yeah, went to Baton Rouge. Wow. Look at Steve. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> Pulling one out. <laughs> well, I held up the cue card for him to read. Um, but, uh, yeah, I had, had a great time uh, touring down there. Had some really good beers down there. And, of course, wonderful people. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Southern hospitality. Uh, so, you know, Cajun food and so on was great. And um, then we went over to uh, Mississippi and um, visited uh, a couple good breweries there. And I should, I should have written this down. But anyway, uh, great trip. And then um, came back, did Norway, uh, Mexico, Canada, and uh, most recently Brazil. I was just down in Brazil last week huh. for, um, for the, in, um, in Rio. Went there for the first time. Mm-hmm. Lovely city. Mm-hmm. And did a collaboration brew with Overhop mm-hmm. um, Brewery you know, down in... Um, was it Angra del Reis, which is like south of Rio, a couple hours? It's it's like being in you know tropical paradise. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, bird of paradise, flowers growing along the roads and everything. Is it different than friendly del Reis? I I guess Angra. I'm not sure what Angra means. It might just mean you know <laughs> bay. I'm not yeah. sure. Okay. Well, but uh, could could be yeah. could be. I don't then, really know. Then we had uh, the the Puerto Alegre uh, Copa competition there. Mm-hmm. And judge that. Kind of interesting. In both the the Copa Cerveza and Mexico City and uh, uh, the the competition Puerto Alegre, um, sour beers, in particular a Caterina style sour, was the best to show. Hmm. Um, kind of one was a, a Gosa with uh, guava, and the other was a Berliner Weiss with guava. Otherwise, mm-hmm. otherwise known as the Caterina sour. Mm-hmm. And uh, but yeah, again, you know it was nice is that both of these sours had a very um, 
thorough yet soft sour character so you could taste like the base style mm -hmm. but then there's this lovely guava clean guava taste layered on top so a very nice composition both beers <laughs> well i suppose at some point we should do some work here oh and, yeah uh, we were going to talk about true we're, we? we're going to answer some questions uh these questions uh people have emailed in to brewstrong at the brewing network.com and you can send in your questions and ideally if you keep it to one question per email it's much easier for me to break these up and, <laughs> and these versus uh when you list three questions in an email it generally doesn't get answered because then Hard to i would have to like copy show. and paste or something and you know that's tech technical uh, mumbo jumbo that i just don't have so uh, <laughs> uh one one question per email please all right so uh today's show we're going to talk about uh, trube and handling trube porno steve first yeah. question please this one's about uh filtering wort filtering wort hey guys love the show i wanted to know if there is any reason to filter your wort before adding it to the fermenter i never have I'm still new to it, and I've done four extract batches and two all grains, and have very good results. But my buddy just filters everything multiple times. Any technical info would be helpful, as for hops from the boil and other ingredients sit there in a the fermenter, opposed to filtered wort. Well, yeah, it can be, we have to kind of define filtered here. I think mm -hmm. um, generally a turbid wort that is a cloudy wort that has lots of. Um, partic fine particles and so on contains lots of lipids and other nutrients that the yeast need for a good fermentation. So in that sense, an unfiltered wort is actually better for the final beer. On the other hand, you know, you don't want to throw in all of your boiled hops into the fermenter. That really don't do any good there. Um, so if you can kind of separate your boiled hop trube from the wort without excessively clarifying and I think that's what you're trying to shoot for. Yeah, so, uh, you know, this whole thing about, oh, yeah, all the brake material and the, the turbid wort and all that is great for fermentation. I don't buy it. I still don't buy it. I think uh, it adds to staling and um, you're, you're better off with proper nutrient levels in the wort versus relying on Excess troop. Excess troop. And I think part of the reason that the, the troop is people are like, oh, it's lipids and things. I think it's, uh, it might be a lot of the zinc and other critical nutrients get bound up in the troop, yeah, yep, in the, in the kettle. And it's, it, it may be access to that as well. That is this helping. Yeah. yeah so actually right. dosing with the appropriate amount of zinc to start with, appropriate amount of oxygen, appropriate amount of healthy yeast. And leaving the true behind, there's and there's plenty of true. Even when you can't see it, there's plenty of that break material in in suspension, in in the clear wort. And I think that that, that helps as well. I think you know the other factor is, uh, you know, a lot of these these chunks are giving uh, more nucleation sites that is helping to drive off CO2, and that is is helping as well. I, I don't think that you know I think I think we should be encouraging people to to kind of go down the the ideal path certainly right. you can transfer that the middle of the road yeah the middle of the road exactly <laughs> um you know I, I don't think people should transfer everything over right i don't think people should worry about filtering it out right i think um you know maybe he's talking about straining it out i wouldn't even do that 
I wouldn't okay. I wouldn't put like a, a pull off one of my socks and you know run oh, it through right. there, but I would you know maybe stir the kettle, kind of whirlpool it, and then drain off through the through a drain, mm-hmm. uh, you know, clear wort. And you know if some comes across, that's fine. That's not a big deal. Right. But try and leave the majority behind if you can. Yeah. You know. Uh, yeah, I, I I totally agree with you. Um, yeah, I think you want to leave the majority of the trube and hop and hot mm-hmm. break, cold right. break behind yeah, in the kettle because yeah, yeah. right. there should be enough nutrition in the word. It's, but it's when you um, totally, if you were trying to totally clarify the mm-hmm. word by filtering through... Yeah, you'd literally have to filter. Yeah, through paper membranes or mm-hmm. cloth membranes to get it really clear. Right. Um, but, you know, and I guess like in the brew easy, if when you're doing constant recirculation mm-hmm. through the mash mm-hmm. and then taking that to the to the boil kettle mm-hmm. that level of clarity is fine mm-hmm. you know going and if, and if mm-hmm. you if you maintain that level of clarity mm-hmm. going into the fermenter mm-hmm. i think that's probably sure. close to the middle of the road sure yeah yeah i would agree with that all right i'd also agree with uh, the great thing about uh, white lambs they have uh, a pure liquid yeast which means better beers they boast, uh, White Labs boasts the highest concentration of yeast in the industry thanks to their patented flex cell technology and pure pitch packaging. Very nice, yes. Uh, the yeast contained and delivered using these innovations are propagated in all grain wort, providing the perfect nutrients for growth and optimal performance. With White Labs Pure Liquid Yeast, your finished beers will meet the high-quality flavor profiles that you intend to produce. Discover the White Labs difference. Visit whitelabs.com slash yeastbank to find the perfect strain for your next beer. I do uh, highly recommend uh, White Labs products. I think, uh, yeah. you know, great great folks, great products. They do uh, a great job with uh, all they're, they're doing. Uh, I know we use them at uh, Heretic uh, quite often. And uh, I find it quite pleasing. Let's do this. Let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll have more of your questions right after this. Are you looking for a simple brewing system that's great for all grain brewing, but everything on the market seems to be full of compromises? Blickman Engineering has the answer. The Blickman Brew Easy All Grain Brewing System. The Brew Easy is a complete system with easy upgrades and a beautiful compact design, perfect for any size brewing location. At its core, the Brew Easy is built on two gorgeous Blickman Boilermaker brew kettles, a high temperature March pump, and either a top tier gas burner or the new boil coil electric heater. The Brew Easy adapter lid allows the pots to stack on top of each other, forming an efficient, strong, and compact brewing setup that comes in 5, 10, and 20-gallon batch sizes. Upgrade your BrewEasy system with full automated control by adding a Blickman Tower of Power temp controller and make moving around easy with the Blickman Kettle Cart. The BrewEasy is modular. If you already own a Boilermaker kettle, you can build your BrewEasy by purchasing just the modules you need. The new BrewEasy all-grain brewing system. See it today at BlickmanEngineering.com and brew with Blickman quality on your new BrewEasy. If you work in retail sales, the restaurant industry, or are a new craft beer enthusiast, or you know someone who is, you have got to check out Beer 101. Beer 101 is an online course created for anyone wanting a quick introduction to the vast world of craft beer. Beer 101 covers the history of beer, brewing ingredients and processes, vital stats like ABV, SRM, IBU and gravity, styles, tasting, glassware, and pairing beer with food. The Beer 101 course is offered by the 
Brewers Association at craftbeer.com. Also home to the truly awesome Beer Style Finder, a visual guide to every beer style. Quickly play with color, bitterness, and alcohol content to interactively explore the entire world of beer styles with a gorgeously designed interface to your favorite beverage. The new Beer 101 course and new Beer Style Finder are only available at craftbeer.com. Craftbeer.com, celebrating the best of American beer. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanishef, and I want to tell you about Heretic Evil Twin. You might be familiar with my homebrew recipe, which uses massive late hopping to create a balance between the malty sweet and the hoppy bitter, along with an outrageous malt and hop character. I wanted a beer with the same bold hop and malt character, so we played around with the homebrew recipe until we were able to make a great commercial version, too. We've created a beer rich in malt character, full of caramel, toast, biscuit, and an ever-so-subtle roast note. On top of that, we piled in an insane amount of citra and Columbus hops at the end of the boil, as well as in dry hopping. This damn-the-cost approach to hopping gives Heretic's Evil Twin a great blast of citrus and tropical fruit that can't be matched by any other hop. The result is a bold, malty, hoppy, but easy-drinking beer. This is our top seller, our flagship beer, and I couldn't be prouder of it. Cheers. To find Heretic Beers near you, click on Find Some at hereticbrewing.com. First Amendment. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch out! Do you still like to have a good time? The 21st Amendment. Watch out! The 21st Amendment in San Francisco, located at 563 2nd Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can. Featuring... Monk's Blood. Made with real monk. Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of... Monk's Blood. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Suck it, JP. Are you a member of the White Labs Customer Club? If not, you should be. It's the easiest way to earn free stuff for turning in your old homebrew labels from either vials or pure pitch. All you have to do is save your labels and redeem them for things like free yeast an exclusive White Labs t-shirt or sweatshirt, and even the opportunity to brew with the yeast man himself, Chris White. Signing up is easy. Just go to whitelabs.com slash customer club, fill out the registration form, and then mail in your labels. They will return the favor by sending you awesome White Labs swag. Go sign up today at whitelabs.com slash customer club. White Labs, pure yeast and fermentation since 1995. Back to the two guys that know how to turn beer into beer. This is Brew Strong. All right, we're back. Yes. Next question. Pornographic dildo, Stephen. This one is about trube and break materials. I believe you guys have covered various aspects of this question in previous shows. Yes. But it may have a slightly more specific question for you. What negative consequences would I expect to see from transferring all of the brake material and trub from the kettle to the fermenter? I know you've said to Whirlpool and then transfer after a 20-minute rest to minimize the amount of brake and trub transferred, but what are the specific reasons for doing that? 
Is it reduced haze in the finished beer? And what type of off flavors might you expect from transferring all of it to the fermenter? The reason for me asking is that I have a Blickman Boilmaker brew pot, and it has a pickup tube that siphons down to within three-eighths of an inch to the bottom of the pot. I assume this transfers a good bit of break to the fermenter. I'm wondering if I need to save my pennies for a Blickman fermenter conical so I can just transfer the trub and break to the fermenter, then wait a little while and dump it before pitching the yeast. Well, that's, that's certainly... Uh a, a nice way to go with a yeah. fermenter where you can drop the uh, the material at the bottom. You know the the, the problems you have with the excess of fatty acids right. is uh, you know an increase in staling. Yeah. Um, the problem, like John was mentioning earlier, about uh, you know transferring the the hop material is you tend to extract more of those chlorophyll and right. uh, the grassy flavors. The grassy and uh, you know can lead to a harsher bittering. I mean, there's just a lot of reasons why you don't want the hop material in there either. Uh, you can even ex- extract some color, right? Uh, additional color. So, um, yeah, you, you just in general don't want to transfer all that stuff. Yeah. And it, and it, it, we often talk about um, a, la- a scarcity of nutrients, mm-hmm. you know, for being harmful to fermentation well you can have an overabundance of nutrients as well mm-hmm. excess mm-hmm. lipids mm-hmm. excess amino acids mm-hmm. and this can actually lead to um, more aggressive yeast growth mm-hmm. and more byproducts like more mm-hmm. diacetyl and mm-hmm. so on so yeah there is there is definitely a middle of the road that you want to mm-hmm. um, hit when you're right. talking about trube and and so on in the fermentation um, well, and you know, excess of free amino nitrogen, uh, you know, causes problems as well. Yeah, you know, just talking about the whole nutrient thing, uh, you know, people have been throwing in, you know, more fan into their beers. Oh yeah, and yeah. and you really don't need that in all malt wort. If you're going to start adding a lot of adjuncts, a lot of simple sugars, well, yes. Yeah. Then you might need to. Um, well, we're talking supplement. like thirty percent here right, too. Right. Right. Um, but if you're not doing that, then adding free amino nitrogen, you're going to uh, decrease the quality of your your uh, f- your fermentation character. It's gonna you're right. gonna end up with a lot of uh, off flavors. It can get solventy. It can you know, and it's, it's exactly. a common problem. Yeah. Where people think, oh, I'm making a big beer. I need more free amino nitrogen. No, you've got an excess in there already. Yeah, you don't want to yeah. do that. And that's part of the reason that a lot of times the bigger beers do get that solventy thing. Yeah, and goaty um, flavors yeah. and so on. Yeah, you need to be uh, uh, very careful of that. I think so. Um, yeah. Good question. Uh, next. Question next. Question next. This one's also about yeast trib. Um After switching they to dry are. yeast, they all are oh, wild. <laughs> Well, what a coincidence! That was just a coincidence. For Porno Steve, there, right? Yeah, damn. you were going to get to the end and go, what a wow, coincidence! What crazy! Everyone had the same question. <laughs> <laughs> After switching to dry yeast from vials, I've noticed a larger amount of trube created. Does pitching rate type of yeast affect the amount of trube produced? Right, so they've been using dry yeast. They went to uh, 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 liquid yeast. And um, he noticed that uh, uh, the amount of... Uh, uh, the tr- yeast layer. I think, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure whether they're talking about, uh, like, the Bronhoff, you okay. know, or they're talking about the amount of yeast in there. they got to be talking about the amount of yeast. And I think, mm-hmm. um, I would guess that 
you know, either they're 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 pitching more live yeast right. um, now versus before. Uh, before a lot of times you get see part of the problem with the dry packs is um, people don't store them properly either. They store mm-hmm. them hot because you You're know just, they're like it's a package yeast. Yeah, and, yeah, and then on the counter, right? Versus you know a, 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 a pack of yeast that's kept in the fridge and it's fresh, and you know, um, so it, but people tend to store the liquid yeast um, at a much uh, more controlled temperature, mm-hmm. which I think uh, helps. And um, you know, it may be other parts of this person's process have improved. Maybe they're making starters now. Maybe right. they're providing proper nutrition. Well, oxygen, he, he was saying like he had he had been using liquid yeast oh. and switched to dry. Is it? Yeah. So he may be actually over pitching with two or two or three packets of dry, which tend to be mm. actually like one and a half billion per gram or something right. like that right. versus the liquid. Um, right. So maybe. Um, yeah, I thought he had switched the other way. Um, so maybe, um, uh, yeah, maybe maybe yeah. he's pitching a lot more yeast now. Yeah, but as you say, there's so many factors that affect total yeast growth, right? Style of beer right. and you know, um, port nutrients and so on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. could be a couple of things, but yeah, he's. Seen We're more assuming yeast. that that's what he means by troop. Yes, that's right. Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, let's do one more. Sure. Uh, this one's from Matt Smith. This is about true. Yeah. Oh, how'd you know, dude? Oh my I'm god. Just, I'm on a roll. The great carnage. One of the yes. smartest. He can just. <laughs> Hi, Jamil and Rock Candy. Rock Candy. Is that your nickname? <laughs> it is. From way back. Yes. Way back when. Cool. He's hard, sweet, and sticky. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He's my rock candy. Oh, I just started using a shiny new conical fermenter, and I was wondering about the procedures you guys use in dumping the troop. When you do dump, when you do dump, do you pitch the yeast in this process? Is dumping really necessary? I hope I haven't caused too many bathroom jokes by saying dump so many times. Who am I kidding? Of course I didn't. They know us so well. <laughs> See, long-time listener. Yes, yes. <laughs> Uh, well, let's see, dumping troop. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've talked to Blickman about this, and as well, and you've you've used them over the years. Um, you know, just um, dumping like an inch or two a day, mm-hmm. um, it seems to be a good way to do it, rather than trying to wait several days and and do a big log. Mm-hmm. Uh, just doing a little bit every day seems to cl- clear it out well mm. without it sticking mm. and getting getting uh, stuck getting jammed up yeah, yeah yeah perhaps he needs more fiber in his in his uh, wort <laughs> yes citrusel uh, yeah so let's pour some in no hop bits yeah mm. Uh, mm. right um, uh, I, I think the disadvantage to uh, taking many small dumps mm-hmm. is that you're wasting, um, you might be wasting more liquid. Ah, uh, okay. Um, the advantage of letting it all compact and come out in a big solid log is that, uh, um, you know, there's less liquid in it, right? Yeah, um, yeah. If you don't mind dumping a little excess beer, um, I, I think that, you know, it certainly will flow smoother. Mm-hmm. If it's looser, 
<laughs> you know, see a little so more. So again, we're looking for that middle of the road kind right, of consistency. Right. Yeah, yes. you don't want it all hard where you got to pry it out with a stick. Right. Uh, you don't want it just shooting out as liquid all over the place. Um, Good point. If it's yeah, generally if you if you go to you check it and there's like it's pretty much all liquid and very little material, I would just leave it. Right. If it's um, you know starting to thicken up, you know, go ahead and dump some. Um, yeah, uh, I think uh, either either route would work. Um, it's just uh, if you're concerned about the amount of beer, I would just make more wort. That's what I always did was just right. make more wort. So I ended up with five gallons of, of perfectly clear beer, and so I would make enough wort in the kettle. That's all of the the recipes in 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 brewing classic styles right. leaves behind uh, like a half gallon in the kettle. And you know you're transferring right. each each step. You're, you're planning on losing that, and you should transfer enough to the fermenter that after you dump as much as you need to dump um, to each zone on dumping, yep. and then uh, you know uh, you transfer into your your fermenter five gallons of clear beer. And, and, and yeah, okay. So yeah. you just use like a little bit more you know malt, a little bit more hops. And uh, you end up with five gallons of clear beer, and you, you plan on throwing the rest of the way. A lot of times, people are trying to eke out every last drop, and I don't think they right. need to. No. Mm-mm. No. Um, speaking of brewing classic styles, uh, a book John and I did back in... Uh, 2007? 2007, yeah, I think. Um, somebody just asked me recently when that was. Um, <clears throat> well, now it's 2018, and uh, you can use the code BN2018 at uh, the brewingnetwork.com to uh, uh, join the AHA now or uh, probably renew your membership. And any of those uh, memberships is done through the, uh, the web banner there at uh, uh-huh. thebrewingnetwork.com. You receive a, uh, uh, a book. A free copy. A free copy of, uh, I believe, Wild Brews and or Farmhouse Ales, and I think Brewing Classic Styles was was in the in the mix. There. It should be. Yeah, I think you know it's it's a uh, it holds its, its own. It, it, it's a it's a classic. Um, it's a uh, you know it's it's a well respected tome of knowledge. Yes, so. it certainly is. Even even when they find out that I actually didn't write any of the recipes, <laughs> you, you sounded like half half convinced there. Charles. Well, no, it, it's just the, the I was thinking of the irony when so many people come up to me and tell me what a great book that is, and it's like, well, yes, but see, those actually, Jamil wrote that's Jamil's book. That's all the recipes are here. Well, thank you. I did the index. It's about it. <laughs> yeah. Most of that Schwartz beer. This is one of your recipes. There you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The only thing I changed, I think, is um, it's the use of the black malt. I've yeah. changed. Yeah, yeah. I've changed. Uh, but I've changed the recipe. It's your recipe. But here's all the things I changed. I, I hear this a lot. It's like, yeah, it's your recipe, except for well, I changed this, and I changed, it, and I and I did this, and I did that. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's fine. At least you know people have a starting point. Mm-hmm. I would I would recommend new brewers just. You know, brew kinda, kinda the recipe. Just brew the recipe. Just, mm-hmm. just stick with it. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll finish up with your questions right after this. 
Brewing Great Beer is a process of continuous learning, and the best books on every aspect of brewing can be found at Brewers Publications, with more than 50 awesome titles like Modern Homebrew Recipes by Gordon Strong, Designing Great Beers, The Ultimate Guide to Brewing Classic Beer Styles by Ray Daniels, American Sour Beers, Innovative Techniques for Mixed Fermentations by Michael Tonsmeyer, For the Love of Hops, The Practical Guide to Aroma, Bitterness, and the Culture of Hops by Stan Hieronymus, and Radical Brewing, Recipes, Tales, and World-Altering Meditations in a Glass by Randy Mosher, plus many, many more. These are the books and the authors with the knowledge to push your brewing farther than you thought possible. And you'll find them all at fine homebrew and book retailers everywhere. And visit the website at brewerspublications.com. Brewers Publications, all the best on beer and brewing. Your support of the Brewing Network means everything to us. We couldn't produce shows without you. And we love giving you something extra for that support. Like Brew Your Own Magazine. You already know it's a great brewing magazine full of recipes, equipment how-tos, discussions of beer styles, and brewing techniques. Whether you're new to brewing and just starting out or you're an old pro, you'll always learn something from the articles in Brew Your Own. Plus, there are amazing special issues like plans for building a brew 10 system, 250 classic clone recipes, and the Home Brewer's Answer Book. Brew Your Own Magazine and BYO.com are awesome resources for any brewer, whether for yourself or as a gift. When you subscribe or resubscribe from the Brewing Network homepage, you directly support programs like this. Get a great magazine and support the Brewing Network. Subscribe to Brew Your Own right from the BrewingNetwork.com. to brew has never been so disgusting this is brew strong all right we're back in the break we're talking more about travel 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 yeah pining for the fjords fjords and the pines in the fjords and the fjord pines Mm mm-hmm Yes, that wasn't your your uh, your boat that sank that uh, destroyer in the Norwegian Navy, was it? No, no, uh-uh. no. <laughs> it was the next one. You were you like steering, and you know, hey, let let me steer, uh, John. I don't think crash. No, yeah, yeah. I was throwing rocks off the upper deck. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. John's John's known to have some fun. That's true. Yes, nothing destructive though. Right. No, and yeah. Nothing documented. So. <laughs> nothing documented. Nothing. Nothing that he's been prosecuted for. Uh, That's right. Uh, That's right. Right. Just like our good friend John Blickman. I don't. Do you think he's been in prison? No, I don't. I, th- I think he's managed to get out every time. Yeah, I think that's where he lost that finger. That could be. Yeah, I think he it's lost windows. That. Yeah, right, right. I think it was. No, I think, uh, you know, the uh, Sal in the next cell. You know, exacted a price, took took a piece, <laughs> something. Yeah. Or Sister Mary with the steel ruler. That is very likely. Yes. That would explain a lot. Yes. Just whacked his tip of his finger off while. Uh, while he was smarting off to Sister Mary. <laughs> or he was giving her the finger or something, and she just like... Whoosh, she took it, yeah. Like a, like a ninja, she took it. That's right. 
Ninja nuns. <laughs> Ninja Mary. Uh, all right. <laughs> I think we got one last question. Yeah. This one's from Aaron. He writes, I'm writing you at 1.41 a.m. after a nice brew session gone bad. Oh, sounds, <laughs> sounds like uh, Porter Steve's brew session. Mm-hmm. I was brewing a nice IPA. He doesn't write us and ask us for advice. So. That's right. Yeah, he just tells us about it afterwards. We yeah. can't right. do yeah. anything to correct yeah. it. I was brewing a nice IPA with four ounces of hops when it came time to transfer from kettle to fermenter. And things went hellish. This is what I did. I got my wort spinning nicely and let it sit for 20 minutes uh-huh. and then ran my immersion chiller until the wort got down to 65. Uh-huh. Then removed the chiller and carried the pot to my basement to transfer the wort to the carboy. Uh-huh. I had a really hard time separating the brake slash sludge. I tried using a funnel filter and then my grain bag. However, the sheer volume of hop sludge kept plugging my attempts to get the wort to the fermenter. Is the issue moving the kettle? What should I be doing to prevent this? Use a hop strainer. <laughs> yeah, and why? Well, and you know, a lot of this. This he was saying he was trying to strain it out. I don't like a lot of the straining things because I, I question their. Uh, how sanitary they are a lot of times. All that mm-hmm. freaks me out. And then the extra exposure to the air and all that. Um, what I like to do is move the fermenter to the kettle. Um, Good point, yeah. And then a piece of tubing that's long enough from the kettle to the fermenter. Yeah, like at all times try to use gravity in your favor. Or yeah, like use just, an auto siphon or something. Right, exactly. Yeah, instead of trying to like carry the whole thing and then try and to then, dump it and in you're already it over yeah shaking it around yeah that yeah. can work yeah um you know put your 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 uh kettle should have a valve on it so it can be easily drained yeah. without moving it um and uh, uh liquid engineering don't they sell uh, uh bulkhead uh yeah bulkhead yeah. fittings and fittings so on. for if you need to retrofit to your kettle or mm-hmm. they sell some really great brew kettles oh yeah um the uh the anvil Boil- brewing uh, yeah, anvil nice, line uh, the boiler makers that's yeah a, that's a, a cost effective uh, piece of equipment that all has uh right. valves on it well the other thing that struck me in his his email there was the fact that he whirlpooled and then chilled with his immersion chiller. Mm-hmm. Whereas right. I would chill with the immersion chiller, right. then whirlpool right. because to get the cone of debris. Or do them at the same time. Exactly. And then you're whirlpool the chilling. chilling. Yes. Um, Speeding and, up the chilling. And, right. But then, you know, the point, the whole point of spinning it is to get the cone mm-hmm. of material in the center. Right. Which, which may or may not work well, depending on your system. But... Um, be as it may, you you get should get less debris over on the side where mm-hmm. the bulkhead fitting goes right. through, right. and your dip tube. Um, and not to not to overly advertise my own products, but uh, on the Anvil uh, kettle line, um, we have the hop strainer mm-hmm. attachment which goes on the dip tube. Mm-hmm. It's um, that stainless it's like steel a condom. braid. It's like a condom for your dip tube. Yeah, prophylactic. A prophylactic words. for yeah. your for your. But it's a stainless steel mesh. Tube. That uh, attaches the dip tube and really does a great job of filtering out the hop matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why I, I mean, in my own brain, that's how I invented it. I mm-hmm. started playing with the mesh and uh, made this thing, and it really works. With, even with the, the uh, hop pellets, mm-hmm. you know, four or six ounces of hop pellets, it will keep all that out of um, your uh, therminator. Mm-hmm. You, know, you don't want to clog your plate chiller, so it works really well. There you go. Uh, all right. Uh, I think that is uh, 
a fairly decent show of fine yeah. information, uh, yeah. travel tips, and uh, stories, and um, what and, have you. And filtering Troop. And Troop. Questions about Troop. They were all about Troop. They were all about Troop. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Well, you can, you can stay tuned, and uh, we have another show coming up live right after this. If you enjoyed this show, make sure to check out all our fine sponsors. Check out uh, Blickman Engineering, of course, BlickmanEngineering.com, Innovating Your Brew Day, there you uh, go. making great stuff uh, to, to make your brew easy. Right? Right, uh, Porno Steve? Yeah. There you go. It made your brew it's easy. That's right. Until <laughs> until you're on the roof with Until you're on the roof with firebricks. <laughs> and too short piece of tubing. <laughs> Check them out. Check out whitelabs.com. Check out the AHA. And uh, sign up for a membership if you haven't. Uh, you can do so on thebrewingnetwork.com. You can check out the stuff in the store as well, brewingnetwork.com slash store. They've got uh, all sorts of goodies in there, and everything you buy at the store goes to the bottom line the Brewing Network and helps keep shows like this on the air. Until then, everybody, brew strong. Brew strong, everyone.